This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. The geeks were right. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome into Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White, here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. And Wilts Couture, IT expert at Newcore Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's show about consumer technology and your very own personal IT department, all wrapped up into one convenient package. Jeremy can help you fix it. Wilts can help you keep it safe. And both can actually do either rather well. So we're in good hands either way. Want to hear from you today? Got any tech problems, issues, questions? Do you have a story or experience to share? Call Everyday Tech today. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Plenty of interesting things to get into today, including uh, what we talked about last week. Uh, uh, we uh, saw a story that Amazon was going to buy MGM for $9 billion, and then there was some uh, uh, some dis- uh, disrest. Is that a word? Uh, disruption in the industry. Uh, if it's not, I think I'm going to try to trademark it. But uh, there was a disruption in the industry when uh, uh, Warner Media. Um, became a new thing uh, and merged with uh, Discovery last week. And uh, so now we are finding out that Amazon is going to buy MGM for right around $9 billion. They had some second thoughts. Maybe they needed to reassess the market for just a moment. But now it looks like they are going forward with that. And we can talk about that. Microsoft says Edge is now the best performing, I'm doing air quotes, uh, Windows 10 browser. That may be the case. I just don't know for sure. But uh, I'm going to let the guys take a crack at that. Maybe the U.S. You know that is. <laughs> What's that? I'll tell you why that is. Uh-huh. That's because Edge only runs on Windows 10, <laughs> and Chrome runs across all the platforms. So by a technicality, they're right. Oh, I see. I see. It's the it's the use of Windows 10 browser. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Uh, U.S. government uh, removes. And guys, help me. I always mess this up. Is it Xiaomi? Xiaomi. Xiaomi? Sure. From the block list of uh, Chinese military companies? Yeah, uh, Xiaomi. Yeah. I, you know, I think uh, Trump was convinced that China was totally up to no good and in infiltrating the country with their, their cell phones and gadgets and things like that. And I guess maybe we've changed course on that. Uh, and Russia makes good on its threat to find Google over illegal content. <laughs> Russia versus Google. That might be a good matchup. I don't know. I don't know. About the same size, I guess, maybe. Google probably makes more money. Anyway, so we would love to hear from you this morning. 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. Those are just a couple of the interesting stories that we have uh, coming up uh, this week that we can talk about. Of course, your phone calls and emails take precedence, so, uh, and I've got to remember to check the email, so my bad on that. Um, you call in, you've got your questions and comments, and they go first. So uh, we will always uh, lean on our phone lines when we get calls. Guys, how's it been going? Wilts, how are you, sir? Oh, man, doing pretty good. Uh, you know, just, uh, and I was actually just reading an interesting article. I was talking about bringing it up to Jeremy on the show today, talking about the new uh, Apple M1. I guess I fixed it, opened it up, and said there's not too much that can be done inside of it. I thought that was a pretty interesting read. Very interesting. So they're, they're, they're really taking the uh, anybody working on their own stuff out of the uh, out of the equation. It looks like. Yeah. 
Very interesting. That doesn't surprise me very much. I don't know. Maybe their stuff has, I mean, if, if you are, you know, at-home engineer and you crack it open, I don't know how Apple stuff has worked like that in the past, but it doesn't surprise me that they're making their stuff virtually un, unmessable. But uh, Jeremy, how are things going? Uh, things are going pretty good. Um, Apple's had it out for third-party repair for many years. So this is just something that any uh, any small repair or uh, small business has seen coming for a while is that Apple was just trying to, well, I guess make a starve. I don't know. Maybe just um, pivot. We just have to find something else to work on. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm really pretty salty about it, and uh, if y'all noticed I haven't been here for the last couple of weeks because I've been I've been really just um, this year has taken its toll on me, man. And um, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to take some time off, even though you got a lot of stuff to do because you can't push yourself too hard if you're dead or in a crazy house. Sure. So you gotta you gotta learn to accept your limitations and. Um, that's definitely something that uh, Apple has taught me in the last several years. You got to learn to accept their limitations as well. Um, kind of got muddied up there, but yeah, I've been uh, I've really been in need of some time off, and I haven't gotten any. And um, I uh, I've been working on some uh, mining rigs and some other side work. Uh, my business has uh, you know it's been going through ups and downs for quite some time now. So I've had to get creative about uh, the different things that uh, I can I can work on. Um, you know, there's just there's the mentality is you know if it's broken, should we replace it or should we fix it? And in most cases, the the industry says replace it. Sure. And yeah. that's that's been a huge point of contention and stress for people like me who breathe life into older machinery to keep it in circulation for some time and to keep it out of the landfill for as long as possible. But yeah, those, those days are coming to an end and um, I have, uh, I finally accepted my fate. So we'll see what happens through this year. And then uh, I've got to pivot or starve. Well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I've always kind of been a, um, a big fan as well. You know, the question we end up, you know, in the IT shop getting a lot is, what kind of computer do I need? And and it really, it aggravates me when I hear people say, oh, you just need to buy a new one, realizing a lot of the hardware that's sitting out there right now, if you just give it a refresh, maybe a little tweak here, something as simple as adding a little bit of RAM, uh, maybe upgrading the hard drive, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things that you probably end up running across a lot in the shop. There's so many ways to breathe life back in to this tech. Uh, it's, I don't know why we've gotten, we've fallen into this pit of, oh, this is last year's model. I need a new one. We don't do it on cars. Why are we doing, you know, yeah, sometimes it is time to replace it. Sometimes we do got to have that conversation. It's like, I'm sorry, it's time to let your 15 year old computer go. It's <laughs> running, you know, uh, Windows 95 or whatever. But right. you know, sometimes there is that, that conversation, but so many other times it's like, hey, what are you using it for? Really? You're checking email. You're going on internet a little bit. Yeah, you don't need a three thousand dollar gaming rig, and um, no. you know people just getting that that understanding, and I think that's where um, you know, especially in 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 what you're doing for folks out there, actually, you know, with the customers coming in, you're in a position to be able to give them that new life and and revive that, and uh, yeah, and and the reason I kind of brought that up is, is I was very disappointed to read that on Apple because you know I used to always kind of think as Apple is kind of like um, you know plugged into the community, but they seem like they're really just plugging into themselves. They, they like, they like being the, uh, the brand that's recognized for quality and innovation. And I've always loved that about Apple. Unfortunately, I don't think they represent quality anymore. And how many times can you innovate a wristwatch before it's just, it just, you know, all, all it really does when you break it down is tell you the time. But they control a lot, and the mentality of of the entire marketplace is driven by Apple and Apple's decisions. So the more they change things, the more they make these things irreparable, the more that all these other companies go and do the same thing. I mean, it's kind of like Apple became the IBM of the 2000s. You know, IBM used to be top dog, 
and everybody cloned their machines. IBM was the trendsetter in the industry, and everybody else just went along. So now it's like Apple does that, and they have used that power to become a trillion-dollar force to be reckoned with in the repair industry. And I've just noticed that their quality has gone downhill, and their attitude has just turned their noses up towards the sky. And they're not really worried about who they hurt or what they have to do to make that next trillion. They're going to get it. Do you think, is this, and I may be, you know, way off base here, but is is this essentially a way to funnel people into their retail stores in, in different yes. cities and towns and stuff like that? And sales, just to funnel sales in general, because they don't need people to go into their store. You just have to go to their website or go up into Best Buy and, you know, pick the latest and greatest. But yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So. You know, it really, it really bothers me, you guys, that, you know, last year I saw uh, a, a disturbing number of 2019 and 2020 MacBooks in my shop. I mean, you should not be putting any new machine in the shop for anything. But yeah. the problem is, is that they don't put enough quality control into their builds anymore or they just don't care, and they identify these problems with them after they release them, and then you have to twist their arm to get them to replace them. You know, a good example of this was the butterfly keyboards that were in there 2012 through 20, what, 2017? I can't even remember. It's, however long it's been, they've been using those keyboards. They were... They were not well-received, and they had a lot of problems, and it took a long time for Apple to own up and go, okay, you guys are right. Our keyboard was terrible. We're going to replace it for you. Yeah, and there's a story this week that's come out about how um, not to just sit here and pile on Apple. Oh, that's what we're doing. About how employees have we're now— We're applesauce today, Jay. <laughs> right? That employees, Apple employees, are getting together— and go in public about workplace issues and uh, how that may be, you know, that's been a, a huge issue that Amazon has, I was going to say, had to address. I don't know if they've done any kind of addressing at all about it, but it's become a big public thing now. And, uh, you know, one of the scary things about it, and we'll go to break on this, uh, on this down note, White, but um, companies like you know, Apple and Amazon and we've heard a lot of the same stories about Google. You know, when you are an international business like this that controls so much, um, I mean, you have so much of a hand in, like, the the international gross domestic product. You know, it's – these companies can almost just ignore stuff like this. And that's that's what's scary to me. When, when so – so fewer and fewer companies collaborate in the industry at large. Uh, well, not not necessarily collaborate, but when so few have uh, or can make any kind of waves. You know, we've had three or four of these monsters that have just gone so far, so fast. They've grown so big. They're almost beyond the scope of any kind of uh, regulation to some certain yes. extent. And, and, and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, any kind of responsibility for their actions, yeah. and 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 almost immune to repercussions um, because they might be coming from different places. And these places are, uh, you know, these 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 industry giants are bigger than any of the places that would want to go after them, including the United States, which is pretty scary, you know, um, yes. to a certain extent. But anyway. All right, let's let's take a break here. The number to call is 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. We would love to hear your calls. You got any problems? You want to update us on some stuff that you've talked about us uh, with us about in the past? We would love to hear from you and uh, get us off trying to solve the world's problems for at least a few minutes anyway before we dig back in later. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be right back.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening on this Wednesday morning with Wilts and Jeremy. I am Jay. You can call us up, 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. You ever thinking about, ever thinking about more than one thing at once? And you, then you go to, say, a telephone number, and then like four or five just pop into your head? Like, I almost gave my cell yep. phone number. I think I tried to give my email address right there for like a split second. I almost said like the... Uh, the drive time number, which the week after drive time, every single time when we get back to normal programming, instead of giving the call number, I give the drive number every time, at least once. I messed that up. So, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. And you can email us, everydaytech, at mpbonline.org. And I had to just, if you heard, I had to catch myself again because almost – Gave out the wrong thing. All right. Let's get to the phones. Uh, we're going to go first to Jalen and Raymond. Jalen, good morning. How's it going? Good morning. It's pretty good. Can't complain. Uh, currently at work. Uh, but decided to catch the show this time. I've been missing it the last month. So I caught it now. Thank you. Appreciate it. No problemo. But uh, back to this. Apple situation, applesauce, uh, let's make some apple cobbler of this situation anyway. <laughs> um, now, I want to say about the productivity and the quality of the phone, they have um, downgraded a lot. And not too many people have noticed this. Once they started to come out with those plastic phones, like the colorful ones, I personally, just an opinion, um, it's not a heavy, no heavy opinion anyway. I believe that's when the quality of Apple went down as far as the productivity of it. Now, the customer service went down after the Steve Jobs, him retire, uh, you know, passing away, the passing away of Steve Jobs, in my opinion as well. But uh, I want to say this as well. We made Apple the way Apple is. If it wasn't for the consumer, I don't I don't understand how we went from playing baseball with a Nokia phone <laughs> to going to a, a cell phone if you drop it the screen crack then you have to either wait a week just to get it fixed because it's going to cost you a, a whole head of your body just to get it fixed but I I just don't understand how we as you know dependable people looking for reliability went from the Nokia where you play snake on. Like I said, you can use it as a baseball bat, use it as a baseball, throw it a mile away, and it still works. <laughs> and the charger never changed, but you yeah. had to go through the rectangle charger to the uh, the smaller charger. Now you have to buy a separate block just to use your cord to charge the phone. It's, it's, it's just crazy all across the whole board. Let's let's just go back to the computers with the booty. In that case, uh, you know the the Apple computers, with the Macintosh. Let's go back to Macintosh. <laughs> That's right. Hey, and you, I, one so, of the first things I thought of when Jeremy started talking about this is something you kind of alluded to, Jalen. And that the the further and this is you know twice and unfortunately he passed away, um, but twice Apple has. You know, they, they, I guess they fired him one time, and the further they got away from him, the the quicker they lost, lost kind of their identity. And that's when they yes. went into the toilet the first time. They brought him back, and he fixed it, yeah. uh, like, completely. And since, you know, since he passed, the further they get away from him, the more, you know, things like— I don't know that they necessarily—they're they're losing their identity, but— they are getting further away from the hallmarks that made them 
uh, you know, the standard in the industry. That's, that's true. And also, you know, the whole, uh, the pond of um, you had one job. Yeah, they had one job, and his name was Steve. And they just couldn't do it. Boom! And you put that on a shirt, man. Yeah. So uh, one thing I do want to remind everybody is that um, before Apple came along, cell phones were boring, man. Even the smart ones were dumb. And they were inefficient, and you had to use a stylus on the screen. And we only do that now if we want to write on the screen. You know, they, they were totally different. And I remember when somebody I worked with got the iPhone, I was like, oh, man, that is like, that's a, that's a totally different echelon of smartphone right there. Like, you can touch the screen. It's responsive. It's got all these different apps that are developed for it. You know, I mean, it completely changed the game. And that, you know, that that was that's Apple's thing, man. They changed the game. They okay, all right, we we one up wristwatches, we one up cell phones. Now there's not much else we can do with a laptop besides make it smaller and thinner and easier to break. And I agree that when Steve Jobs passed, I think that maybe Apple took his mentality a little to the extreme. Or maybe they built his brain into an artificial intelligence that they've got there in the building, and it's gone to the extreme. But either way it goes, they, they, I, I really do feel like they have, they have lost their way because for the longest time they were the underdog, and now they're, they're the top dog. And I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon or changing their ways or making anything better. And then they want to, they want to make an appearance that they care that they are making things better. So remember last year when they removed the chargers from their boxes, oh, that was that was for the environment. That was to help people. But like Jalen said, now you got to go buy the charger after you get the phone. That's ridiculous. They're not helping anybody. They're cashing in. Or the times or the times that they the they they what do they they tuned the the iOS and the older phones to a way that basically made them useless and kind of forced people to have to buy newer phones when that wasn't necessarily what the, what needed to be. So, yeah, I don't know. All right, Jalen, we appreciate the call this morning. Let's go next to Jerry, who is in Corinth. Jerry, good morning. So I didn't call to uh, pile on Apple. Y'all seem to be doing a good job of that. Um, <laughs> but uh, a couple of three things before I ask my question. It has nothing to do with Apple. Um, Steve Jobs was the one that decided on a glass screen. He was the main driver, and people tried to talk him out of that, but he wouldn't let it happen. And so just buy a screen protector. That's what I do. takes about five minutes to put it on. Uh, other thing is uh, I wanted your opinion on what I call foldables. So I think Either Google or Samsung just released one. I've seen it on TV. I know Motorola tried to, I believe, last year and and didn't succeed. What's y'all's opinion on foldables uh, as far as screen size on your, on your device? And do you think that's the wave of the future? Well, they're spe- everybody's speechless. Oh, <laughs> uh, the the the. Fo- you know, oh, go ahead, Will. That happens a lot. That, ha- that, that, that happens a lot with me in sales. <laughs> it was such and a good buildup. Hey, Jay, there's a doppelganger of you. I was watching the Knicks game Sunday afternoon. The dude that announces, or one of the announcers on the Knicks game, I mean, he sounds exactly like you. Oh it's wow! Crazy. Oh, I appreciate that. Maybe I should sneak in and get that job when no one's looking. I was like, is he moved? Did, did he move? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah, go ahead, Wiltz. What were you going to say about the foldables? Oh, I was going to say, you know, me personally, I'm kind of a little bit suspect of the foldables just because at some point science always wins, and you can only fold things so many times. Um, you know, like I said, that's and that's a very, very simplistic way of looking at it and and – probably looking at it that way because well i have an apple phone and 
they're not on the uh, the foldable bandwagon. But that that's been my big concern is going to be you're only going to fold it so many times. Is, what's that limit going to look like? And uh, is it just almost are we are we buying planned obsolescence, which we probably are in a lot of things anyway. Uh, so apologies for my silence earlier. I was having connection issues. Um, I've gotten to play with the foldable phones a little bit, and they are really cool. I mean, it is like mind-bendingly awesome to be right in front of that thing with the screen bending like it does, and then folding it out, and it's just like a like a regular phone in your hand. Uh, but Wills is right. Like eventually, it is going to give out. And I think the last time that we did the numbers on it, at least based on my own uh, personal usage, I think it would work like a year and a half. And then after that, it would have reached its maximum amount of bits. So you definitely want to look and see what the what the uh, what the guaranteed lifetime is, and also be sure that you know how much it costs to replace the screen if you do have any issues with it, or if you happen to drop it and break it. Um, definitely something you want to know before you get in too deep with a phone like that, because they're so new, they're so expensive. And uh, they are not very popular, so screen availability may may be an issue. So I I, I really like them, but their their cost is way too high for them to be in every consumer's hands. But I really look forward to the first like widely available foldable display. That's going to be something cool. And I know they keep putting it out. They keep they keep you know pushing out and i say they i mean the industry in general because several companies have have come forward with attempts and it seems like none of them are there yet uh so i mean if you have the disposable income to be you know part of the movement then you know all the more power to you and like jeremy was saying it's 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 great fun you know to be to to see the technology firsthand to be you know part of the almost <laughs> The, the public retail beta experience, but um, yeah, but it's it's still a long, long way, I think, before the technology is reliable, much less where the price point gets to where it's approachable for the every man and woman. But it's I mean, you know, the, the, the several companies pushed this technology. They got into a race with each other to see who could monetize this in retail form. And a bunch of junk got pushed out onto the market. And then you basically had a bunch of companies apologizing and pulling all that stuff back. Uh, so, I mean, for me, it's I mean, I'm I'm going to wait until this technology is established as a retail product that works and is proven before I would jump in on it. Just me personally. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. I've kind of, I'm going to have to be in Missouri on that one. you got to kind of show me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, it, and it's because it's not that I, it's not that I don't trust the companies, but they've given me no reason to trust them because all of them, all, yes. seemingly almost all of them have pushed a, a product into the market that was not ready. And it almost immediately got rejected, which is it's it is a little fun to see that the user still does have a little bit of power. You know, if the the user experience is not right on a product, it can be outright rejected. And that's that's where the the consumer still has a little bit of a little bit of say, a little bit of say, a little bit. All right. Let's go to Garrett, who is in Mobile. Garrett, thanks for calling. Good morning. Hey, what's up? Hey, guys. Excellent. Appreciate you calling. What's going on? So uh, I'm a college student, and um, I'm a journalism major, broadcast journalism, and um, I'm in a bind. Well, I will be when I get my grant because it's going to be a, a, a large amount of money. I'll be able to like really spend a lot on a really nice laptop. I've got a desktop that I use for gaming and stuff, but I can't decide if I want a gaming laptop or a Surface laptop for like you know notes or whatever. I just don't know what would fit my major better, I guess, because – with a gaming laptop, a top-of-the-line gaming laptop, I could run anything. I could render 3D images perfectly. I could use Photoshop and no problem. With a Surface laptop, I would just have, like, more control on the screen. I could, like, write stuff straight there, and it's just, like, I guess snappier with with audio and whatever like that. I just didn't know you guys' opinion on that decision. What, what would you guys go with? 
Well, um, I like the uh, the Surface laptop because it's small and it's extremely portable. So if your primary goal is to use this for school, I would say go with the Surface. Um, gaming laptops are always going to be a little bit heavier. Even the newer, smaller ones, you know, they're still, they're pretty bulky. And they have a lot of bells and whistles in them that, you know, you, you, you're probably really just not going to need. Um, if you do want to game on it mobile, then I would say go with the gaming laptop. But if you don't see yourself gaming a lot out of the house, I, I go with the Surface. Also, something to be considered, a lot of gaming laptops get really, really hot because they're cramming a lot of heat-generating technology into a little bitty clamshell. And that is always something to consider before you take the plunge on a gaming laptop. The, the heat management is crucial. So before you do... Uh, make sure you read about how well it handles temperatures if it gets hot, uh, if a lot of people have had issues with overheating or components going out. Those are definitely things you want to know before you get too, in, too deep in with a gaming laptop, given the, the cost and what you need that unit to do. All right. Uh, well, I appreciate that. That, that. that definitely helps a lot. Well, so you got anything you want to add there, man? You know, really, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm sitting here, you can't see it, but I'm actually nodding in agreement. And, um, you know, absolutely right. I mean, and here's the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm listening to you also almost with the same question in my own head. You know, my daughter just graduated high school. We're, we're looking now what the laptop will be. And me and my son were talking about it with his laptop. He uses it at school as well, but he's going to be gaming with it. It's a little bit more, um, like, like you said, a little bit, a little bit beefier, generating a little bit more heat. Um, my daughter... You know, her idea of gaming is um, Netflix. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's just not the same. I mean, she she's needing it for the streaming and everything else. So I'm really looking at, you know, okay, how do we make it a little bit lighter, put a little more power into it, keep it lighter and, and not that. So um, me, me personally, I think I'm, we're leaning a little bit more toward the, the surface area for her and just making sure that it's got plenty of hard drive space in there. And Because when you do go to those thinner units like that, um, you know, like, for example, and, and um, Jeremy, you, you may know different on this, but the way that I've always seen it, especially these these more super thin tablet-like PCs, what you get is pretty much what you're going to have. So whereas, like, a, a regular laptop, I could always upgrade the hard drive, maybe throw a little bit extra memory in there, something like a Surface. I don't believe you can do those kind of things with it. So that's true with the like Surface and the Surface Pros, but there's also a version called the Surface Laptop, and it's different. It's more serviceable. Um, it's actually easier to open up to make changes like that. You can put a different SSD in there if you want to, and there are some components you can replace, like the battery. But you're absolutely right. With the older versions of the Surface and the Surface Pro, and probably the newer ones that are just, if they're not the ones that are designated as the Surface laptop, they are not very serviceable. So, yeah, like Will said, what you, what you see is what you get. You're stuck with it. All right. All right, Garrett, well, I, I, if I could, if the, if, the non, the, if, the, if the tech unsavvy guy could throw in one thing, I would, you know, just do yourself a little research on what they call two-in-ones, which is kind of like these convertible laptop slash tablets there's some there's some really nice ones i've been i've been on the edge of buying into this you know this technology for a while i can't get myself to jump over it but it's my problem with not wanting to spend any money um it, but there's some there's some really good stuff out there and of, of course with anything depending on how much money you want to spend you could spend just about as much as you want to to get the power that you want to out of it but, um, you know, but dig into the reviews a little bit because kind of like we were talking about with foldable phone technology a minute ago, you know, th this this phrase two in one, uh, you know, it's it's a new hip technology thing right now, consumer technology thing. And so a lot of companies are just throwing stuff in there to get into the category and get some sales and not everything is good. So, you know, do, do you know, your due diligence with that. But it is an option that that kind of goes in there. You don't have to necessarily buy a laptop, and you don't necessarily have to buy a tablet. There are some kind of like the Surface, but that are they're more, uh, I guess, expandable. Gives you different options, different prices, um, and different specs for sure. Um, that you know you can you can get what you're looking for there out of it. All right. The well, serviceability. 
The serviceability of a new device is what I always look at. Obviously, I'm the repair guy. Eventually, it's going to come to me and it's going to have to be fixed. But you as a consumer need to ask yourself the same question. If something goes wrong on this, because inevitably it will, what's it going to take to get it fixed? Is it something that is, is extremely proprietary and it's all built into one board? Do I have some separate components here that can be replaced? Serviceability can typically be assessed um, at ifixit.com. They will usually give new devices a repairability score. They may not have one for every gaming laptop out there, but it would be a good idea to look and see if they have the one that you're looking at because they can tell you right out the gate, this is something that we can fix or this is something that's going to be very difficult to fix. Yeah, and that's one thing. Speaking from experience as a Surface Pro uh, 3 owner in the past, those things can be just like cell phones in that they're, they're, I mean, from a wear and tear perspective, they're extremely fickle and they're not cheap to fix. So, you know, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, depending on how much money you want to spend, and I'm, I'm guessing, Jeremy, from a, from a, a retail repair perspective, you know, the, it costs so much because the parts cost so much, I'm guessing, that those are not easy things Is to it- fix. If you can even find the parts, Jay, yeah. that's that's the main issue. Is you know, if there if there was only so many of that laptop made, then you got to go scouring on eBay for parts. If the retailer has discontinued it or they don't have the parts available, which is extremely common right now with all of our supply chain issues. Certainly, yeah, yeah. Garrett, thanks for the call from Mobile this morning. Interesting uh, uh, topic and conversation, and uh, you know. I, I, it's interesting for me to listen to because, you know, like I said, this, you know, I'm, I'm doing a, a public address announcing for uh, a local school here and their sports and stuff like that. And so, you know, I'm kind of the guy that controls the music and I've been looking for, you know, something that I can play music off of and, and you can use almost anything for that. But if I'm going to buy a gadget to do that, you know, I want something that I could go ahead and make use of in the other parts of my life, which is mostly like audio editing, because that's my job, essentially. Um, that's not the easiest thing to find stuff that, that can work. Uh, so, you know, there's all these things. Do I get a tablet? You know, do I get one of these two-in-ones? Do I just buy another Surface Pro? Um, Surface Pros are awesome. But here's another thing that I noticed with my, and look, I, when I got into it, this was 2015, when I bought the Surface Pro 3, I bought the biggest, baddest one they made at the time. And I don't know if you guys, you tell me if you've heard uh, this about the Surface Pro. Within two or three years, you're basically, you know, you're, you're not, there's new stuff that's faster and better, you know. And you're still into, at least for me, for what I paid for that machine, I was still into this machine for a good while yet. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like for what I paid for it, I'm going to use this machine till the wheels fall off. And, you know, by the time you get anywhere near justifying what you paid for it, you're, you're already two cycles sometimes behind what is the latest technology. And that, to me, I found that a little, uh, I don't know. It was just, it was just, it was something I didn't care for, you know, and it, it, it goes to, you know, the inability to modify those things like you guys were talking about. We will take a break here. When we come back, we've got an email, a solar email. I don't know that we've ever taken one of those before. A lot of, a lot of people in Mississippi don't even know what that is. Solar technology? What? All right, we'll take a break here. 877 MPB ring, 877 672 7464. You can email us, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Everyday Tech. We'll be back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thank you for listening on this Wednesday morning and for uh, checking us out on uh, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find Everyday Tech and on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Everyday Tech MPB. Guys, we talked a little bit about this last week. uh, And by the time, uh, you know, I found this story the day before, by the time I read it on air, uh, Amazon, which was in talks to buy MGM, had kind of balked because of the uh, Time Warner, uh, AT&T Time Warner Media spinoff. But now it looks like it is going through. Amazon is acquiring MGM in a deal worth $8.45 billion in a bid to bolster its streaming catalog. The takeover hands its rights to an eye-watering pool of crowd pleasers, including James Bond, Robbie, Robbie, Rocky. There's probably a Robbie in there, too. RoboCop. Uh, MGM also owns the Hobbit franchise, uh, which should sit nicely alongside Amazon's upcoming Lord of the Rings series on Prime Video. On the TV side, the studio's output includes recent hits such as The Handmaid's Tale and Fargo, along with uh, uh, everything under its Epics EPIX TV network. The deal, the second largest in Amazon's history after its $13.7 billion Whole Foods acquisition, is part of a new wave of media consolidation ushered in by the so-called streaming wars. Already we've seen Disney consume 21st Century Fox for $71 billion, uh, assimilating its library into Disney Plus and Hulu. And while the dust is still settling on the newly announced merger of HBO Max and parent Warner Media with Discovery, and that's what we were just talking about, uh, together the two companies spend a whopping $20 billion per year on content, slightly more than $17 billion Netflix splurges on originals. But while the legacy media companies have pulled the trigger on big deals as a means of survival, big tech has been relatively silent on the acquisition front. Rumors indicating that MGM was interested in a sale have been circulating for years. The studio was previously reported to be in talks with Apple for a takeover that would have uh, been valued at $6 billion, though that obviously didn't happen. For its part, Amazon has given preference to individual film rights and live sports deals over Hollywood takeovers. Uh, the company has been on a feeding frenzy during the pandemic, um, snapping up the rights to movies, including Coming to America, the sequel, uh, um, and uh, the sequel to Borat. Cinemas remained shuttered. Uh, Jeff Bezos recently revealed that Prime Video, now 10 years old, by the way, was watched by over 175 million Prime subscribers in the past year. Amazon also owns a free ad-supported streaming service called IMDb TV. So interesting. Uh, again, and it's kind of what we alluded to at the very beginning of the show, this is uh, more uh, consolidation amongst media in general. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It is a good thing for consumers in that more seemingly of what you want can be found in one place. But it also means that Fewer people are controlling more content, which means they can dictate the price. Um, And as we've seen, and as I've lamented several times with the streaming, you know, after that was such a cool thing and so many people cut the cord and jumped over to streaming because of the cost effectiveness of it, uh, all it has done since then is go up and up and up and up and up. And there was one again this week, Philo TV, which is a streaming service. It's kind of a... Um, a cut rate um, a TV service, they jumped their prices $25, I believe. So it's just part of, at this point, it's the cost of playing the game uh, because so many have moved in that direction. Anyway, all right. Uh, we got a quick email that I believe Wills is going to take a crack at. Um, I have two 12-volt, 100-watt solar panels. Each panel in full sun will produce about 18 volts. I'm connecting them in series, and together they produce about 36 volts. Would there be any advantage or disadvantage to connecting the panels in parallel 
and keep the voltage at 18 volt volts. I would have uh, have to get some Y adapters for parallel connections. Maybe for a small number of panels, there would be no difference. Thanks. That's from Joe. Wilts? I like cheese. Um, (laughs) I don't, honestly, I don't know much about solar panels. All right, so I had to Google this because oh, I we thought, are. I thought Wilts texted that. Wilts, I just totally threw you under the bus, man. I thought it was Wilts that texted <laughs> that he Googled and had a little bit of an answer. So I, that's my fault. That oh. was Jeremy. Man, I, dude, I just totally set you up to get that's run okay, over by the train. That's, that's totally my fault. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. <laughs> All right. So we, we are not electrical guys. We're computer guys. But I, I Googled and I've got a little bit of an answer for you. Um, when you're wiring in series, you're going to be increasing your voltage. Uh, when you're wiring in parallel, you're going to be increasing your amperage. So if you need more amperage, wire it in parallel. Otherwise, I'd keep it in series. Other than that, we're going to need somebody else to call in and give their two cents because that's all I got. <laughs> and not Wilts. I apologize, man. That's, that's and, and not me. That's, that's okay. That's okay. That's um, terrible, man. The, the I, I, I like cheese, too, brother. All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got Bill and Mobile. Bill, thanks for calling in. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I had a strange thing happen on a Windows 10 desktop yesterday morning. Um, it, I, now, I'll let you know I run the, the regular Windows stuff, um, Office 360, OneDrive, all of that for a, very, for a small business my wife and I run. I left my, my desktop on all night, which I usually don't do. And I also, I also run uh, Malwarebytes for Teams and the Malwarebytes uh, Privacy VPN. Okay. Um, so that had been running all night. I went upstairs. Of course, first thing I did was check my Facebook because that's what you do when you're running business. <laughs> and Facebook, the homepage came up. You know, I had my, my login, all that there. But all the, all the information was in Cyrillic characters. And, you know, my first thought was, ah. have I been hacked? Okay. You know, and so I closed it, opened it back up. They were still there. I changed the VPN from Atlanta to Chicago as the starting point, went back in, and everything was fine. So I didn't know, and I, I'd run every scan I can scan. Uh, I'm a CISSC myself, and but I haven't been a practitioner in, in several years now. Um, so I ran all the scans, everything's clean, but I wondered if you'd ever heard of that on a VPN. I mean, uh, my, my own VPN, you know, if I connect to say a server in Germany and I go to Google, it's going to try to load Google in German. So it sounds like to me, uh, even the VPN was misconfigured and it said that you were connected domestically when you were really connected overseas. Um, otherwise it just sounds like a glitch. Okay. Because, I mean, it did go away. So that's, but, but it was just like, okay, uh, I just had to be driving down the road uh, on errands this morning, and you guys were on, and I'm like, I'll call in. Yeah, did you switch back to the Atlanta uh, IP yeah. there, and it was cool yeah. then? Yep. Yeah, it just sounds like maybe a, you know, some sort of programming wire got crossed. Yeah, misconfiguration or something, yeah. Some, some strange glitch, but that, that, is, that is weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It made me like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, man, we, we appreciate the call. We all love cheese on the show this morning. Lots of, lots of cheddar. Yep. Let's finish it off with Alan. I'm a Gouda fan. And Brandon, Alan, good morning. Thanks for calling. Hey, Jay, Jeremy, and Wilt. I, I think this is a, a Wilt question, and it, it, not because I like cheese, too, but uh, – <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 I've got an, a, a Windows 10 computer, and I upgraded uh, my Outlook to Outlook 2019 Pro, I guess. So, uh, and I also switched from a Pop account to an IMAP account. And I understand I've done a lot of reading on on Google and stuff about IMAP not being great with syncing contacts and calendars and stuff. It, it mainly it's it's a mail protocol for for keeping your stuff in sync, but. I, I use an iPhone like Wilts does, and I, I'm wondering, uh, uh, other, I've got iCloud for Windows I've downloaded on my system, and I've got it turned on to sync my contacts and calendars, and 
and all that stuff. But darn it, I, I, you know, I want to be able to go into to Outlook on my on my desktop because I, I tend to use my computer to manage all this stuff just because it's easier with the keyboard stuff, especially with with, with my site loss and stuff. I want to be able to go in and add an event, a calendar event or a new contact, and I want to be able to open, you know, the, the calendars and contacts on my phone and it be there. And I, I, I'm wondering what I'm not doing to make that happen. I, I only have like one email account. I, I have a Gmail account. And I, you know, I do everything just one place. And, All right, uh, Alan, we got to pull I, you down. The guy's got about one minute to get an answer out here. So, fellas, any ideas? The first thing that pops into my mind is make sure on your phone for your contacts and your calendars, go into settings and make sure what your default is set to. We see that a lot with our guys up here at work. It's like, I'm adding these things to my calendar. It's not showing up in my work email. It's like, well, by default, Apple wants to to, uh, sync everything to iCloud and not necessarily to Gmail. So make sure those settings are pointing you in the right direction. Uh, That'd be my first thing that I would check. All right, Alan, stay in touch with us, man. We'll get you in there earlier in the show next week. We'll have a little extra time to talk about it. Thanks, everybody, for calling in and listening this morning. For as much technology as there is in the world, there's just nothing that can replace cheese, man. Stay tuned. Coming up next is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. We will be next. We will be here next week at 10 for Everyday Tech right here on MPB Think Radio.